Welcome to the Live Treasure Podcast, brought to you by Treasured Ministries, where every week we coach you with steps of faith you can take today to change your tomorrow. And now, on to today's show. Hello, hello, and a Merry Christmas again to you. I am Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries and the host of your Live Treasured Podcast, where we believe that you can transform your life through the power of God's Word. You and I have been walking through this Christmas series called Waiting for Wonderful. And I wonder if anybody listening today um, has been praying for something, you've been earnest about praying for it, and you've yet to see an answer from God yet. You know, we're going to be talking about that today as we look at the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth. They were John the Baptist's uh, parents, and inside of their story is just packed with biblical principles um, that you and I can apply when we're in that season of having uttered a prayer to God, cried out to God, but we're in that wilderness season, that waiting season of seeing God answer. And you know, when we pray and when we don't see that answer uh, yet, The enemy loves to come in. He loves to sabotage your prayer life, your faith in God. Um, And we talked about this last week, but that he loves to tell you that God is holding out on you. And then what he loves to do is he loves to tell us, take matters into your own hands. And it can be very tempting Because oftentimes, you know, the very thing that we are praying for is a good thing. It is a godly thing. It is a a blessing either for our children, for for those that we love, for something that we are uh, sure that God wants us to do. And we see over and over again in the Bible um, examples of people that loved the Lord. And, and I believe that in their zeal, they want to get the job done, but they take matters into their own flesh, right? And they operate in their own strength. Think about Abraham uh, and Sarah. And when God said that they were going to have a child and they waited and waited and waited, And then they end up taking matters into their own hands. Abraham sleeps with Hagar, which, I mean, I don't even think I need to unpack that for you to tell you about the problems that that caused. So we're going to be talking about that today as we look inside of the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And, you know, God wants to do wonders inside of that waiting period. And one of the wonders that he does is he is teaching us how to be loved by him. And part of that, part of that is building this childlike faith and trust through prayer. You know, when you, when the, when a, a child is a baby, um, when my boys were baby, they would they would cry out when they they had a need, and you know, as a mom, I would come and check on them and figure out, you know, were they hungry? Were they had the 
blankets been kicked off of them and they were cold? You know, what what sort of need did they have? And then and then the need was met. Um, and so from that, my boys or children, every baby in general, learns that they can trust their parents, right? They cry out, the parent hears, and the parent responds. Well, we really cannot know to the full extent of what God care feels like until we cry out to Him in prayer like this and wait for God to come through and to satisfy that need inside of us in such a way that it is beyond what we were ever uh, thinking of. And I certainly don't mean from a worldly perspective, and thank God for that, because, you know, the things the world tells us will bless us are so temporary, um, so temporary, so fleeting. But when God gives to us, there is a blessing that is attached to it. There is an eternal measure that is priceless. You can't put a price tag on it. It is joy that nothing can take away from you, right? And so God wants us to build that childlike faith and trust in Him. And part of that is crying out to Him for our needs and then waiting for Him to provide. And if you're used to fending for yourself, well, number one, you may have difficulty asking God for help. You might feel bad. Now, you might be praying big, bold prayers for everybody else on the planet, all your friends, um, you know, what's going on in the country. You may not have a problem for that, but when you start to ask for your needs, it almost feels um, like you shouldn't like this is not important to God, all those sorts of things get in the way. And, you know, let this be the Christmas that you just say, you know what, I'm I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to depend on God. I'm going to start crying out to Him for my needs. Because when I cry out, and then when I wait for Him to provide, instead of taking matters into my own hands— I get to experience God's care. And when that happens, it won't just be theory in the Bible that you've read about. You will know how awesome God's care is in your life. And these answers to prayer are those that you can continue to rest on. But the key is not getting impatient not feeling like you need to fend for yourself and instead wait for God's fierce devotion um, for you. And so inside of the Christmas story, there's a great picture of this. Um, I love this story. I love this part. There's some funny parts in it. So um, so let's go ahead and, and dive in. And so in the Gospel of Luke, um, and I'm I'm going to be reading today from Luke five verse uh, twenty three and then fifty seven through eighty. But it begins by um, opening up in the Christmas story, 
And we meet a married couple, Zachariah and Elizabeth. And Zachariah is a priest. Um, and Elizabeth is also from the line of Aaron, okay? So that's their heritage. Verse 6 says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commands and regulations. And then it says, verse 7, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. And I want to ask you a question. Do you feel like God, I have asked for this and I am waiting for it and I have been walking in all of your ways. I've been serving you faithfully and you've yet to see an answer to prayer. And has the enemy used that as an opportunity to tell you the lie, to hiss his lies at you and say, God is holding out. So the first thing is, is we want to be really careful about that and remember God's fierce devotion for us and that our timetable, it is not God's timetable, all right? So the the very first thing um, that we see after that, okay, is that um, it says that they had no children. Now, this was a very, it's a big deal always. But back then, it would have been a shame. Um, a, a, like if you couldn't have children, if you were barren, um, it was a matter of shame inside of your life. So here you are, you're serving God faithfully um, and you're righteous before his eyes. You're, you're walking rightly and yet you haven't been able to conceive. You're old in your age. You see lots of other people being blessed, having children. Um, and I'm sure for both of them, you know, they would think, why is this happening? Um, well, then it goes on to say this. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Now, the first thing that I want you to see about this is that back in biblical times, um, there was a great high priest, and then there were other uh, priests in the Levite tribe that would serve alongside of the great high priests, and they would um, take turns doing things inside of the temple to keep uh, the, the temple the temple running. And I love that Zechariah is still serving the Lord, that he is still walking through um, being faithful to what God has, has called him to do. All right, verse 11. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing right in front of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him. John. Now, the first thing that I want you to see is that when you are waiting 
and you don't see an answer yet, never believe that your prayers have not been heard. When our faith is fragile, the enemy loves to tell us that God didn't hear our prayers. We may even stop praying, even though it tells us to pray without ceasing, even though Jesus told his disciples, Luke uh, 18, always pray and never give up. He may even, the enemy may convince us to stop praying if we believe, you know, God is just not hearing my prayers. And you may need to hear that today. God has heard your prayers. Do not be um, afraid. And so God has heard uh, their prayers. And I want you to know that your prayers have not bounced off the ceiling. That as a child of God, God has heard your prayers every single one. So then the angel goes on to say this, um, you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. And then we know that the angel goes on to describe uh, John the Baptist. And so Yes, Elizabeth was barren for many years. She was waiting for many years. But often in the waiting, God is preparing us for something wonderful. Elizabeth was not having just another child. This child was going to walk alongside the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a very special birth. And in addition to that, you know, um, when Mary had a, was became pregnant um, with Jesus, when the Holy Spirit came to her and said, you're going to have God's child, you know, don't want to alarm you or anything, but you're going to have God's child. The very first thing that the angel tells Mary, uh, besides the fact that it's going to be the power of the Holy Spirit to do this, but but the angel tells Mary, you know what? Elizabeth is pregnant with child two. And see, when the, the answer to Elizabeth's prayer and Elizabeth becoming pregnant now um, was not just a part of answering her heart cry for a baby, but God was going to time everything and orchestrate everything so that her supernatural pregnancy, right? Because she's very old, the Bible says. So this supernatural pregnancy um, of John the Baptist, you know, Mary was going to need a woman that would be able to understand what she was going through, right? And Mary was very young. God was preparing an older, godly woman who would understand by experience. You know, the there's an empathy that can only happen, a compassion that can only happen through experience. And so God was in His timetable. You know, the baby was not late. The barrenness was not because Elizabeth did something wrong or God was holding out on them. God was orchestrating things all for His glory and all in perfect timing. And so the very answer to prayer that you're waiting for and you haven't seen come to pass yet— 
It's for a purpose that even goes beyond us, right? Like we can't even understand, you know, why God does the things that he does, but we can trust him. And so God was orchestrating all of this to provide a supportive friendship for Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus. And so when our prayers are not answered, we can remember it's not just about God's fierce devotion for us. The answer to prayer goes beyond us, that it's about God's fierce devotion uh, for, for others as well. And so then, um, and so the, the other thing about this um, in, inside of this is that, you know, God's answer to our prayers will always happen in the appointed time. God's answers to prayer will always align with His appointed time and not with our agenda. Now, this is something um, this is something that God has really been working with me on because, you know, I will have an agenda for the day for whatever I'm doing. And if I don't meet it, there can be a sense of shame that can come in. But I'm learning to let go of that, that God has an appointed time for everything. And just because something that I have in my agenda that didn't get done. I know that I can wait because God has something more wonderful. Now, that's the truth. That's what I'm having to continue to renew my mind on, but it never phases. And when I start to just let go of my agenda, one, um, our agendas should not be our God's right? I mean, that's idolatry, plain and simple right there. And it really wears you out. And if you're using it as a measurement, it can produce shame inside of your day and inside of your life. But what if all the things that you thought were supposed to happen at a certain time are not happening and it's all a part of God's plan? You know, there's so much freedom in waking up in the day and saying, Lord, I want to serve you today, in inviting God into our day. And yes, I think it's important for us to, to plan our day, but, but the Lord is the Lord of our day, right? We can plan our steps, Proverbs 16, 9 says, but ultimately, God is the one that is going to direct them. And so I just want to encourage you that the angst that you might feel because things aren't happening the way that you see them, we need to humble ourselves and release all of that um, inside of, of God's uh, plan. And in verse um, 18, Zechariah says to the angel, you know, how is this going to happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in her years. Verse 19, then the angel says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what you said, you will be silent, unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. 
God's word is fulfilled, not according to my agenda, but according to his proper time. And there is a blessing and a freedom when we rest in that. There's an anxiety that we can let go of, even if you've got your heart set on something coming through or something happening and it doesn't, you can trust God's fierce devotion for you. And let me tell you, if you don't get something that you've been praying for, and let's say, well, I could have had this, but it didn't come through in this amount of time, and so whatever. You know what? If you don't get it, I mean, I am to the point in my life where I'm like, you know what? If God doesn't want me to have it, I don't want it either. And not that there's not disappointment when it doesn't happen, but I think that I've you know, God is working on me to where I'm able to be more flexible and just relax and give in to the Holy Spirit, knowing that God's plans are best. And God's best plan doesn't mean that everything is going to line up and work out with the way that the world blesses us, but I know that He's working everything for His glory. And there's a priceless peace and joy and blessing that comes into your life from that, that no material item, no person could could ever fill that up for you. And so in His fierce devotion for you, if you don't see your timetable happening, rest There is so much freedom from anxiety when we rest in God's appointed time versus our agenda. All right, the next thing that I want you to see is that, you know, prayer is an opportunity to trade our doubt, um, to depend on God. You know, one of the biggest downfalls um, of of waiting is that we can start to uh, depend on ourselves, And we sort of see Zachariah kind of leap to that as he says to the angel, how can I be sure that this is going to happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is, is well along um, with, with, uh, with her years. And it is a legitimate question. And I wonder if Zachariah was still serving God, he was still going through the motions. Um, and maybe some of us, we're still going to church, we're still doing our Bible study, but we're questioning God's love for us, right? And so we've slipped into that self-reliance mode. Um, and so the moment, right, that that the answer to prayer comes, it's almost like Zachariah self-sabotages everything because he's already been entertaining these these ideas of unbelief. And so and so he comes and he doubts and he begins to ask how. And you know what happens? God responds by silencing um, Zachariah. Now the Bible doesn't tell us why. Maybe Zachariah was silenced because he needed a timeout. He needed to just have some timeout. 
I know God's given me a time out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, God's like, you just need to sit and rest and get centered back on me again. Maybe God zipped Zachariah's lips because the very last thing Elizabeth needed during her pregnancy was a doubter. Can I get an amen? It's like, and all the women said, amen. I mean, here's Elizabeth. She's old in her years. She is going to be carrying a baby, and she did not need somebody anxious around her. The Bible doesn't say, but I wonder if God just zipped his lips for Elizabeth's benefit. And you know, sometimes, sometimes when we're in that place of doubt, we really need to watch the words that we say. And sometimes it's better if we're not ready yet to speak in faith and to praise God regardless of the of the weight and and you know and to to to, to just give him what I call that sacrifice of praise like where you say, "You know, God, I don't see this answer to prayer yet, but I am going to trust you." I don't see how you're going to work this out in my marriage, but I'm going to trust you. I don't see how this is going to be provided for in my life, but I'm going to trust you. I don't know how I'm going to solve this. I don't know what my next move is yet, but I'm going to trust you. You know what? Be careful that you don't give breath to what the enemy is speaking in your mind. We have a choice. Are we going to align our mouth with what the word says or what the enemy is is whispering um, in in our ears? Um, and, And perhaps, you know, this season of reflection, maybe God was giving Zachariah a season of reflection um, to, to rebuild his faith so he would be ready to raise John the Baptist. But, you know, another reason is maybe this quiet season would eventually bring even more glory to God because people saw that happen. They knew that that was of God, right? And so attention was drawn to Zechariah and Elizabeth which would draw attention to John the Baptist, which would point to Jesus. And the bottom line is that here again, the barrenness of Elizabeth, even the zipped lips of Zechariah, it's all for God's glory. We can trust God's fierce devotion um, for us. And so the next time you feel overwhelmed when God's asked you to do something, uh, you know, over your ability, or you don't see God answering um, uh, your prayer yet, instead of uttering doubt, flip the words. God, I trust you to answer my prayer according to your ability uh, and and your unfailing uh, word. And so, um, so Zechariah, uh, his his lips were zipped, right, and then later on. Later on, it says in verse 57, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, and when her relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, 
No, his name is John. What, they exclaimed, there's no one in your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zachariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Verse 65, all fell on the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread to the throughout the Judea hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. See, they saw the glory of God, the whole thing, Zachariah being silenced, and then him naming John was the very thing that opened up his lips. And so this drew attention to the situation, which was going to draw attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. So can you see where even in our waiting, God is doing something above and beyond, more wonderful from an eternal perspective, anything that you and I um, could ask or imagine for. And so then um, God has answered the prayer and, um, and, and Zechariah can, can speak again. And you know, one thing that I want you to see about that is that I wonder um, if in that time of self-reflection that Zechariah um, had felt, you know, convicted by God and he had been made aware of uh, uh, just his sin of unbelief. And, you know, it could have been that he sulked in shame, right? That he did, he just said, name the child whatever you want to name it or whatever, but he didn't. He stood on that, that, uh, that step of faith that he knew he was supposed to take. And there's a big, lesson in this for us, and that is this. Stop focusing on what you should have done yesterday and start focusing on that step of faith that you can take today. You know, God's mercies are new every single morning, every single morning. And you know, second chances from God are amazing. And it was one step of faith, right? It was one step of faith where Zechariah exploded in that unbelief that led to his silence. It was also one step of faith that led to his voice being unleashed. Now, I think I said that incorrectly, so let me just back up there. It was Zachariah's faith and obedience in naming his son John that broke his silence. It was a small step of obedience, but often our faith for small steps creates the largest impact. There's no such thing as a small step of faith. Zachariah's sin, it wasn't a step of faith, it was sin. That was the mistake that I made when I was speaking just a second ago. I apologize about that. Zachariah's sin was unbelief, 
but his purpose was redeemed through a simple act of faith. God has fierce devotion for you. He is for you. He is a rebuilder. He is the author of redemption, and he loves to restore our lives when we turn to him. And you know, you may have been waiting, and in your waiting, maybe you um, have been filled with doubt and have been echoing what the enemy's saying, giving breath to his lies, and um, and you feel just negative, and you feel bitter, and maybe today is the day that you're ready to turn. You know, we find our new beginning by taking small steps of faith, however small they may be. I love the story of the prodigal son. He just turned around, and he went back to his dad, And his dad was ready to take him in. And the same is for us. When God convicts us, all we have to do is to turn around and to say, God, I'm so sorry that I didn't believe in your fierce devotion for me. And I'm ready to trust, and I'm ready to believe, and I'm ready to follow. And then we get into the Word and find those small steps of faith. We listen for His voice, and then we take that small step. You know, the enemy, the enemy wants to get you focused, hyper-focused and on everything you should have done. He tells you that you've wasted your life You've wasted all this time. I mean, I wonder if Zachariah was like, I can't believe I could have like been there to support Elizabeth and all this sort of stuff. You know what? You've got to let all that go because the past is in the past. And when you live in regret, you live chained to what you cannot change. But when you live in repentance, when you turn, It is literally the key that opens up God's door for redemption, and God will always give us a step of faith to take. And you may think, you know what, this is not a big deal, right? Like naming the baby, not a big deal, but there are no like little steps with God. And every little step that we take, like if you feel like right now in your life you've blown it. It is literally as simple as coming back to God, humbling yourself, and then saying, what is my next step of faith? And with that, you know, don't worry about other people and, you know, this person needs to do that and that person. Focus on yourself. Ask God for that next step of faith and then take it. The bottom line from today is, will we argue with His Word, or will we align our life with His Word? And when we align our life with His Word, we rise and shine by reflecting His glory, and our life creates a path for others to see Jesus, just like John the Baptist aligned his life with God's Word and pointed others to Christ. You know something? 
There's a mighty purpose in that waiting that you're experiencing. God is up to wonderful. And the key is listening for His voice and His word. And hey, I want to invite you, if you are interested in learning how to discern God's voice through His word, starting in the new year in January, I'm going to be leading a group of women through our 21-day challenge which is 21 faith-filled videos where we teach you the Nourish Bible Study Method and how to discern God's voice in your life. So if you're ready for your new beginning, if you're ready for that next step of faith to take, but you just want someone to walk alongside with you, I would love to do that. Visit www.treasuredtribe.com and sign up today.